The NBA draft is over and free agency has officially begun. Who are the most surprising rookies from this year's draft class and how will they fit in with their new team? Where did some of the big names sign this year? It's the offseason and this is the Boundless and Ballin' Podcast. What's good, everyone? It's Jordan Peckerlino, and host of the Boundless and Ballin' Podcast, coming at you with Season 2, Episode 2. Uh, we have a lot to get into today with regards to like free agency and the draft, but I wanted to start off on a different topic today, social media and how it has affected sports. Back then, it's hard to believe the flaws of the biggest sports stars would be criticized by even more by 20-something-year-olds behind a laptop screen or the GOAT arguments extending beyond the opinions of television sports analysts. However, in this new digital age, those things are happening 24-7, all thanks to social media. Starting off with some of the pros, I think that social media allows teams and players to connect with their fans. Uh, you have guys like LeBron, uh, Steph Curry, using their platforms to interact with them. Even guys like Jared Dudley, who was giving out tickets to well-deserved fans, and it also allows teams to connect with their fans through giveaways and also passing on vital information as well as uh, press releases. Social media has also benefited sports journalism because information is passed on more quickly to the public and we've seen that recently with uh, NBA reporters like Adrian Wojnarowski and Shams Charania, uh, especially in this time where they're able to get a piece of information like a trade or a signing uh, and type it all out in less than 280 characters. And finally, it allows for free-flowing opinions for everyone to hear, uh, including, of course, as I mentioned, the GOAT debates, which really should be G-O-T-E, but I digress. This last point brings me to its cons. The opinions posted, often known as hot or cold takes, often lead to backlash or flat-out roasting. We've seen guys like Jalen Rose, Paul Pierce, Kendrick Perkins say something on a TV show that is considered like a really hot take, really bold, and when they end up being wrong, the internet just flames them for it. Uh, in addition to that, you also have players and analysts under the microscope as far as what they say or do. One of the examples, of course, Paul Pierce saying that the series between the Celtics and Bucks was over after Game 1 before the Bucks proceeded to, of course, win that series. So say what you want about how social media has either benefited or hurt the sports world, but as I just outlined, I think it goes both ways. Alright, now I want to get into some of the significant NBA trades that happened this past week. I want to start off with Dennis Schroeder being traded to the Lakers for Danny Green and the 28th pick, which ended up being Jaden McDaniels, a 6'10 forward out of Washington. Uh, for the Lakers, this gives them another score to take the pressure off of LeBron and AD and another ball handler for LA, who will likely come off the bench or start. His role hasn't been uh, determined as of yet, but regardless, he's going to make a huge impact for this team. Uh, for the Thunder, they receive a 3-and-D vet who ended up being traded to Philadelphia, so he was just another trade asset. Uh, they also got another first-round pick in addition to pick 25, and of course they get more first-round picks with the amount of trades that they've been making ever since this one. The next trade I want to go to, a blockbuster. Chris Paul to the Suns. Him and Abdel Nader were traded for Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue in a 2022 first round to pick. 
D-Book finally gets some help in Phoenix. The Suns are going to be in the playoff hunt for sure with a guy who literally just led the team who had, like, what, less than a 1% chance of making the playoffs last year. He led them in, and even though they were a first-round exit, they showed a lot of promises. Uh, CP and D-Book are going to be a lethal, lethal combination out west. On the other side of that trade, the Thunder are getting some more younger players in Jerome and LeCue, and some more scorers in uh, Ubre and Rubio. Both of those guys ended up being trade assets again, with uh, Kelly Ubre being traded to the Warriors for a first-round pick. More on that trade later, and Ricky Rubio being traded back to the Timberwolves. One of the other blockbusters of the evening was uh, Drew Holiday being traded to the Bucks for Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and five first-round picks. Oh my goodness. Uh, New Orleans now has a plethora of picks now, in addition to the Lakers picks that they just got for trading away Anthony Davis last offseason. On the other side of this, Milwaukee is pretty much all in now, but if Giannis leaves, then they've pretty much thrown away their future. Uh, of course, there was another Bucks trade that would have sent Bogdanovich from the Kings to Milwaukee in exchange for a package around Dante DiVincenzo. Of course, that was later called off because Bogdanovich did not even agree to be traded there. So now that's under a league investigation, and who knows how that turns out. And then getting back to Kelly Oubre being traded to the Warriors for a first-round pick. He's essentially Clay's replacement uh, because, of course, Clay tore his Achilles after tearing his ACL in the finals last year. Uh, well, he cannot catch a break. Hopefully he gets better and uh, gets even stronger. But this trade might not be enough to get Golden State far in the playoffs, even if they if they make it, unless uh, Steph Curry just goes beast mode. So it's going to be tough for Golden State to get back in the postseason hunt again, especially with the West being now as stacked as it is. But these were some of the trades that I wanted to highlight, and I'll get more into the offseason in a bit. to the five most surprising NBA draft rookies. I'm starting off with Patrick Williams, drafted fourth overall to Chicago. He averaged nine points per game and four rebounds a game on decent shooting splits. He had limited production out of Florida State. It's a very questionable pick by the Bulls, especially with far better options on the board like Killian Hayes and Yeka Kongwu, etc. But Williams was a five-star recruit out of high school. He shows great size and athleticism, and he's also very young. He just turned 19, and he's going to be playing behind Laurie Markkinen and Thaddeus Young. Uh, one of the scouting reports I read said that he didn't start games. He finished them. He is going to have to prove a lot of people wrong and show why he was worthy of being selected fourth overall. The next pick I want to go to is Obi Toppin. Uh, this is only surprising just because of how low... He dropped in the top 10. This pick by the Knicks means that Julius Randle is probably going to be the starting center. Uh, Toppin could have been a top 5 pick in this draft, but regardless, the Knicks just get an amazing all-around forward who can defend and space the floor. Uh, the Knicks also made some moves to eventually have $40 million in cap space this offseason, but at the time I'm recording this, at about 1.30 Pacific Standard Time, they haven't made any major signings as of yet. The next guy I'm going to, Leandro Bomaro, 
uh, drafted 23rd overall by the New York Knicks and eventually traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. He stands 6'7 and is 185 pounds. He is a great passer and has a good offensive skill set. He played internationally in Barcelona and had a stint with the B team in the top league. Uh, however, he will be playing behind Ricky Rubio, Anthony Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell, and likely could be spending time in the G League. He is the second Argentinian player to be drafted in the first round, next to Carlos Delfino. The next pick is Vit Kregi, drafted 37th overall by the Wizards and traded to the Thunder. He didn't get much playing time in Spanish League ACB. He's a good shooter, but he's also very thin. He's a great playmaker and definitely considered a point forward and he won't be in the regular rotation uh, since he's playing behind a lot of other guards for the Thunder, so he is definitely going to be with the Oklahoma City Blue, their G League team. Finally, the fifth surprising rookie that I found was Cassius Winston, drafted 53rd overall to the Thunder and traded to the Wizards. He is a 6-1 point guard out of Michigan State. Averaged 19 points a game, 3 rebounds a game, and 6 assists per game. He shot 45% from the field, 43% from 3, and 85 from the free throw line his senior year. He was projected to go in the late first round, so him dropping this low was very surprising. Winston could be spending some time in the G League as well, with Washington having 3 usable point guards. My fourth segment is going to be about the NBA draft surprises. Uh, the first one was Landry Shamit of the Clippers traded to Brooklyn in a three-team trade. The Clippers received Luke Cornett and the 55th pick, which ended up being Jay Scrub. Brooklyn receiving Shamit and the 57th pick, Reggie Perry. And Detroit receiving Rodney Magruder and the 19th pick, Sadiq Bey. This is a very surprising move by the Clippers, very puzzling move. Shamit is an amazing shooter and will be huge for Brooklyn. He was very key for the Clippers, especially when he hit the go-ahead three to win game two and cause the Warriors to blow a 31-point lead. You also had new Sixers GM Daryl Morey having a very successful draft night. He acquired Danny Green, Seth Curry, and Tyrese Maxey in trades, and he also traded away Al Horford's contract that had three years and $80 million left on it. Uh, the new acquisitions and champion experience of Doc Rivers make for a great and exciting season in the city of brotherly love. The third surprise from draft night was Ricky Rubio being traded back to the Minnesota Timberwolves, the team that drafted him, along with the 25th and 28th picks with the 17th pick going back to the Thunder. Uh, overall, a lot of big trades on draft night and a lot of trades in the offseason, as a matter of fact, which brings me to my next segment. Final segment will be about NBA free agency recap from day one. It began yesterday, November 20th, with the deals being allowed to be signed uh, November 22nd. Uh, some of the notable deals I want to talk about are Danilo Gallinari going to the Hawks. Uh, he has always been a floor spacer at the power forward position, uh, shooting very well from three, and he's going to give this young Hawks team some veteran leadership and also some more offense in the front court alongside John Collins. And of course, you still have Trey Young running the show in Atlanta, so this team is going to be definitely one to watch this season. Uh, another huge deal I want to talk about 
is Montrez Harrell switching teams, coming from the dark side to the light side, and going to the Lakers on a two-year deal with a player option on the second year. Two years, $19 million. Uh, this came a few minutes after Dwight Howard was reportedly signing a one-year deal with the Philadelphia 76ers, and this one, quite honestly, came out of nowhere, but it kind of makes sense. Uh, Harold, of course, being a client of Clutch Sports, the same agency that represents LeBron and now AD, Harold gives LA another tough big man who is going to just feast in the paint. His role is going to be a little bit complex because he's 6'7", 240 pounds. He's pretty small for a a traditional big man and he is not a floor spacer by any means he cannot shoot the three and so he is going to be doing the dirty work alongside AD who is capable of stepping out to the three-point line and just bombing away as far as whether or not he starts or comes off the bench a case can be made for both uh, on the fact that the Lakers are going to have JaVale McGee again after he opted into his $4.2 million player option. Uh, JaVale could definitely start for the Lakers and play maybe 15-20 minutes a night while Harrell takes care of the rest. Uh, you also have Dennis Schroeder, again, the runner-up sixth man of the year, who, in my opinion, really should start for this team. Um, but regardless, Harrell and Schroeder have added two more big dogs to this team that are going to help the Lakers out tremendously. Uh, another deal I wanted to touch on that broke early this morning was Gordon Hayward signing with the Charlotte Hornets. It's a huge blow for Boston, as Woj said earlier, losing two max players in him and Kyrie Irving last offseason. But for the Hornets, it gives them a lot more offense around Devontae Graham and LaMelo Ball. And of course, you have the added defense of Scary Terry Rozier. Uh, now, is this going to be enough to catapult Charlotte into the playoffs? No. They're going to need quite a few more pieces and uh, another few years of rebuilding before they get back into the postseason hunt. But this is definitely a step in the right direction. And another deal that just broke about 10 minutes ago while I was recording, uh, Rajon Rondo has left the LA Lakers to join the Atlanta Hawks on a two-year $15 million deal. Uh, definitely gives, again, more veteran leadership on the team for the young guys like Trey Young, De DeAndre Hunter, and uh, John Collins. Uh, gives them another playmaker as well. That's going to do it for this episode of the Boundless and Ballin' podcast. This week's inspirational quote comes from a Chinese philosopher, Lao Tzu. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. For these NBA rookies, they have just begun their professional journey that starts with getting their names called either on draft night or being signed to a deal and proving they're worthy of a roster spot. So it's definitely going to be exciting to see this year's rookie class, this amazing rookie class, show out in a time of uncertainty and a time of a new normal. Of course, you still have free agency going on, and I'll be back December 5th with more NBA offseason moves and news. Until then, I'm Jordan Bacalinawan. Stay safe, stay healthy, peace.